There is an expression that God is in the details. Well, in this broadcast, we will leave no room for doubt. This episode will lay out two absolute mind-blowing mathematical formulas that were etched in Scripture thousands of years before the answers could even come to fruition. Sure enough, the past century has opened the doors to these answers and so much more. Join us now as we unravel two of the most astounding numeric formulas in mathematics by Jesus, even more proof in the infallibility of God's Word. I am Mark Russick, and you are listening to The Russick Outlook. As always, just my opinion. Hello, everybody. This is Mark Russick. You're listening to The Russick Outlook. Thank you for joining us. This will be a very special presentation titled Mathematics by Jesus. Yes, you heard right. So for all you mathematicians or math fans or Perhaps you want to get out your smartphone and, and, and the software for uh, uh, the calculator or maybe even have one of those old-fashioned hardware calculators. Uh, you, you can grab that if you need to, but I'll break it down for you. Uh, we're going to look at two very specific formulas or um, things that were, were, were outlined by the Lord. You know, there's an expression that says God is in the details, and the details here uh just may leave you speechless. Uh, it, it, it's pretty astounding. I know when I shared this with others, they, they were just kind of floored. There was this hush in the room that they couldn't believe just how incredible God's Word is. And, and so, you know, I, I believe hopefully most, if not all of you, will feel the same when, when we get through this. Um, and on that note, I'd like to ask if you please hit the like and hit the subscribe button, as well as go over and ring the bell. Um, if you're on YouTube or some of the other social media platforms and all the podcast platforms, it, it helps us get the information out. And I say it all the time. I'm about getting to the truth, uh, uh, you know, investigating not only, you know, the word of God in this instance, but other sources out there, whether it's an eyewitness testimony um, historical accounts, archaeological accounts, scientific, analytical, uh, you know, there, there's nothing that I won't look into if, if it gets us to ultimately to the, 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 uh, the light of truth, I'll call it. So uh, on that note, if you could, I, I, I very much appreciate it. And um, you can certainly jump on our uh, website to get on our email list as well. But let me get into this. So we're going to look at two very specific formulas they have to do with Israel, uh, which is why if you're following me on video, I've got a, uh, a in addition to some uh, mathematical um, signs uh, here on one of the images, but also a fig tree, which represents Israel. And then you're looking at the city of Jerusalem, uh, because this is what really what we're going to cover. Uh, so let's get into it. I need to, because this involves Israel and, and, and uh, the nation of Israel, I should say, let me start with the beginning, which is the Abrahamic covenant, uh, where God made a covenant with Abram, which is what his name was at the time. And you can find this in Genesis 12, 1 through 3. It's a very famous scripture, very famous covenant. Uh, and, and we're seeing that fulfilled in, in the nation of Israel and the Jewish people today. Uh, and, and it reads like this. The Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, your people and your father's household to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. 
and all the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. So I will say that this is all coming to pass and we can see a lot of the light uh, just by looking at the nation of Israel today. Uh, so I want to kind of break this down a little bit. And uh, if you're following me on video, you see a little slide here on the left-hand side where you see I will written seven times in those three little passages uh, where it says, I will show you, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. So this is a very personal directive from the Lord to the Jewish people, to the nation of Israel, um, and, and specifically, you know, talking to, to Abraham himself. And it says, get out from your land, your relatives, your father's house. So this is really where, where the Lord is making this very, very personal. He uses the personal pronoun you and yours 11 different times in those three little passages. Uh, so there, there, there's really seven covenants that are broken down here. I just want to focus in on that personal, which I just alluded to, and then the national covenant. Um, because I says, I will make you a great nation. And this is really what we're going to get into. Um, and, and so, you know, if, if you want to look at the greatness or uh, just how special this land is, you know, think about Israel today. It's roughly the size of the state of New Jersey in America. But think of all the uh, wars. And, and e even today, I mean, this is July. We just got done uh, the end of May and into June with, with a, the, the latest uh uprising and, and uh, war that happened between Hezbollah and Hamas um, out of the Gaza Strip. But anyway, at any rate, it withstood Arab wars and, and the onslaughts and the boycotts. And you see a lot of that today, specifically in Europe, uh, looking to this, this anti-Semitic ties, the terrorism, the Holocaust we all know about. Uh, so it turned itself from this poor rural country into an industrial powerhouse. Uh, just recently, it was ranked number 18 uh, on the uh, the wealthiest nations in the world. This tiny, tiny country, 73 years old, is already ranked number 18. Um, it's reduced social, educational, and health gaps between Arabs and Jews. They just got done with a uh, an election in there, which is a little chaotic. But just to kind of show you, you have, I believe it's four seats the, that the Arabs have in this new government. Uh, government. Um, and and th this tiny nation leads the Middle East in productivity, wealth, uh, freedom, the military. I, I would certainly make a case for the fact that this could be the in the top five uh, in the military, at least in the top 10. But, um, you know, it's, you know, naturally you look at uh, United States, China and Russia, not necessarily in, in that order, but. You know, that's your top three. And then, you you know, you you have France and England and, and Israel and some others. But at any rate, I'm, I'm kind of pointing to the fact that, that God has blessed this nation. God has taken this tiny nation and he's made it into a great nation. So I just wanted to emphasize that, that that is what we're seeing today. So I, I, I need to kind of focus in on how and what we're looking at with the nation of Israel, which, you know, many people know, and if, if, if not, that the nation of Israel uh, came into uh, prominence in 1948, where it was recognized in, in the United Nations. So in 1948, that was the birth of the modern state of Israel. Uh, it began a very actual fulfillment of specific biblical prophecies. Uh, which centered around an international regathering of the Jews. And we see that in many Old Testament passages. I'm citing here on video uh, a bunch from Ezekiel, Isaiah, Zephaniah, Ezekiel. 
Um, and, and we're seeing that today. And the, the picture that I'm showing you is, is, is Jewish people being called from all, well, well feel the calling, I should say, or sense a calling from the Lord to go back home if they're Jewish from nations all around the world. And, and, and we've been witnessing that and, and seeing that. Uh, they, they call it uh, uh, Aliyah. Uh, this is the Aliyah flight that they're showing you with Israeli airlines. But so let me just show you in Zephaniah 1, 14 through 18. It's one of the most colorful descriptions uh, of the day of the Lord, which we know as the tribulation period. So that will be the seven year tribulation that's coming up. Uh, Zephaniah 2, 1 through 2 says that there will be a worldwide regathering of Israel before the day of the Lord. So we're seeing that today. We see the regathering of the Israel. We saw it, you know, at the turn of the 19th century and, 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 and what happened in the beginning of the 20th century. And, uh, and then how the, 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 the British gave, gave the land, the Hebrews the land uh, through the Balfour Accord. And, and we, so we see all of that taking place. And, and the scripture says that this must take place for eventually uh, they will come to recognize that Jesus is the Messiah but they must be gathered to the land before they have that recognition. So uh, Ezekiel receives another revelation about a future regathering. Uh, this time the Lord is going to gather you in the midst of Jerusalem. Um, like the metallurgist, the Lord will use the fire of the tribulation to purge out the unfaithful. The Lord is going to gather you, which is Israel, and blow on you with the fire of my wrath. So this is concerning the, uh, uh, the, the seven-year tribulation where many will come to know and accept the Lord. And we know about the 144,000 in the book of Revelation. I'm not going to go through all of that, but my point here is you're seeing the fulfillment of biblical prophecy just, just as, as what was laid out. And this must happen before the tribulation, and then there will be those changes to the people from a spiritual sense once the tribulation begins and then halfway through, we know, uh, you know, what happens as Satan takes over and defiles the temple. So then, you know, that's when they really realize uh, that 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 they cannot trust that they've been deceived. I'll put it that way by Satan. So, at any rate, that I just wanted to kind of set that in motion for you. And now, this is what I want to start to break down with the formulas. So, Jeremiah twenty-five seven through fourteen, and 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 again. Uh, for video, I've got the highlights here. Uh, it says, but you did not listen to me, declares the Lord, and you have aroused my anger with what your hands have made and what you have brought harm to yourselves. I'm going to jump down to verse 11. This whole country will become a desolate wasteland, and these nations will serve the king of Babylon for 70 years. Now, we know that this happened, that the Babylonians captured the uh, the the Hebrew nation and, and they brought them into captivity in three different waves and and historical accounts will bear this out so this isn't just you know what we know from the Bible this is proven historical accounts outside of the Bible going to the middle of the screen Daniel nine two I Daniel understood from the scriptures according to the word of the Lord given to Jeremiah the prophet so Daniel comes after Jeremiah 
but he recognizes that the word of God has come from Jeremiah, and he recognizes the, the call of the prophet on Jeremiah, and it says that the desolation of Jerusalem would last 70 years. So that's very important. So know that the Babylonians were, I'm sorry, the Hebrews were in Babylonian captivity for 70 years. Now I'm going to go to Second Chronicles verse 36, starting with verse 20, I'm sorry, chapter 36, starting with verse 21. I'm getting excited. Uh, <laughs> it says, the land enjoyed its Sabbath rest. All the time of its desolation, it rested until the 70 years were completed in fulfillment of the word of the Lord spoken by Jeremiah. In the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, in order to fulfill the word of the Lord spoken by Jeremiah, the Lord moved the heart of Cyrus, king of Persia, to make a proclamation throughout his realm and to put it in writing. This is what Cyrus, the king of Persia, says. The Lord, the God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth. I should have said this private, previous, I'm sorry. So for those who you don't know, uh, Cyrus and the Persians overtook the Babylonians. That was your, your next empire you had the Babylonians, and then you had what was called the Medo-Persian Empire. So I'm sorry, let me go back to verse 23. This is what Cyrus, king of Persia, says, The Lord God of heaven has given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he has appointed me to build a temple for him at Jerusalem and Judah. Any of his people among you that may go up, and may the Lord their God be with them. So he set this in motion to go back to Jerusalem uh, and, and to rebuild that, and that this is at the culmination of the 70 years. Now, I want to just remember that. I want to set a precedent of what, what is shown in Leviticus here. I'm, I'm reading different uh, uh, verses in chapter 26, and starting with tw verse 21 in chapter 26. And if you walk contrary to me and will not hearken unto me, I will bring seven times more plagues according to your sins. So right right there it's it, let's let's call it seven times seven curses according to your sins. Verse 23 and if you're not will not be reformed by me by these things but will walk contrary to me then I will walk contrary to you and will punish you yet seven times for your sins. Jumping down to 27. And if you will not uh, for all this hearken unto me but walk contrary to me then I will walk contrary to you also in fury, and I, even I, will chastise you seven times for your sins. So you see that he says that three different times there. Now, jumping down to verse 33. I will scatter you among the nations and draw out my sword and pursue you. Your land will be laid waste and your cities will lie in ruins. Then the land will enjoy its Sabbath years. All the time that it lies desolate, that you are in your country of your enemies, then the land will rest and enjoy its Sabbaths. So there's a, um, a, a, a Levitical mandate that you rest the land every seven years. And what the Lord is saying here is in those 70 years that they're in captivity, that land is getting its rest. So for every seven years, it's getting its rest. And they practice this today. So if you go to Israel today, that's contrary to what, you know, most the wisdom of the world, I'll call it, but you can see the, the, the fertileness of the land of, of Israel in the middle of the desert, you know, the, the flowers bloom, the fruits, the vegetables, etc. So verse 34, then, they will, uh, then the land will enjoy its Sabbath years all the time that lies desolate. You are in the country of your enemies and, and enjoy its Sabbaths. I'm sorry, I did read that. 
But verse 35, all the time that it lies desolate, the land will have the rest it did not have during the Sabbaths that you lived in it. So that's very important. So they have that, that every seven years you have that uh, year of rest, much like uh, what, what you do during the seven-day week. You have the six days and then the seventh day is the Sabbath, the day of rest where you do not work. It's, it's the same premise. It's the same, it's the same principle. So now, follow me. We're going to get into the Lord's math. Uh, Ezekiel 4, 4 through 6. Ezekiel was a prophet. Um, he came after Jeremiah, uh, but before Daniel. He and Daniel were, were in the Babylonian captivity at approximately that same time. It, by all accounts, it doesn't look like they knew each other, but uh, Daniel was serving in the king's court, and Ezekiel had other things that the Lord had in store for him. Um, so one of the things, and, and there's many things in there that in this book, it's a fascinating book uh, that, that would, uh, you know, leave you searching for um, just some wisdom. But let me, follow me here. It says, uh, to, the Lord is saying to Ezekiel, lie thou also on thy left side and lay the iniquity of the house of Israel upon it. According to the number of the days that it shall lay upon it shall bear their iniquity. For I have laid upon thee the years of their iniquity according to the number of the days, 390 days. So he's saying each day represents a year. So 390 years, but he's to lay on his side 390 days. So shall that bear the iniquity of the house of Israel. Verse 6, when you have accomplished this, lie again on the right side and bear the iniquity of the house of Judah for 40 days, for I have appointed thee each day for a year. So 390 days and 40 days, 390 plus 40 is 430. So every day that I'm laying on my side, Israel will be judged by God for a year. That's 430 years, right? Now they've paid 70 of those years in the Babylonian captivity. We've, we've kind of shown all that already. So that, if you go 430 minus 70, it brings you to 360 years. So those are 360 years that need to be uh, atoned for. And what did we say about the curse? Times 7 for the curse. So 360 times 7 is 2,520 years. Now I've said this before, the Jewish calendar, the Babylonian calendar, for that matter, the Muslim calendar. It follows the lunar year. It's a 360-day year. Uh, they still follow that today. So it's not your traditional, what, what I know or I follow, it, you know, in the Gregorian uh, modern-day 365-day uh, calendar, and then you take leap years and so forth. So it's a strictly 360 days a year. And this is throughout history. You can go back this far. So 2,520 years times 360 days equals 907,200 days. Now, we know that the Babylonian invasion into Israel, because we have these historical accounts, first wave started in 605, went to 607. There was a second wave in 600 B.C. and the last in 586 B.C. Now, going back to Cyrus, when we know where he decreed, made that decree to release the Jews, we know the date that it was July 23rd, 536 B.C. So we know that. So if you take July 23rd, 536 B.C., right, it's when the 70 years were complete, uh, was, was released, 
then you add the 907,200 days that I'll, I'll put it this way, that, you know, the Jewish people have to pay back or that God has charged them to. What date does that bring you to? This is about the nation of Israel. Well, guess what? July 23rd, 536 B.C., plus 907,200 days brings you to, drum roll please, May 14th, 1948. I'm showing you the headlines and, and some of the things that happened. For those of you who don't know, that was the day that the nation of Israel was officially recognized throughout the world. And Harry Truman uh, put, put the vote and support in from the United States. And here you're seeing the New York Times. I'm giving you the headline, May 14th, 1948. Zionists proclaimed the new state of Israel. Truman recognized it, hopes for peace. Tel Aviv is bombed, Egypt orders invasion, and I'm going to get to that in a second, because at this point, they've paid their penalty. So the very next day, all of the, well, not all, but many of the surrounding Arab nations attack this country. It's not fully functional. It doesn't have a government. It's just been recognized. It's got pitchforks and maybe a few trucks and a couple of guns they miraculously staved off the attacks of the of the Arabs the following day. And that was the day that the Lord blessed and recognized that nation, regathered them, called them back. You know, which just it, it's just further evidence. But so from the time Cyrus releases the Jews, you add the time that, that was owed, it brings you to the exact day, May fourteenth, nineteen forty eight. So, you know, if, if, if that doesn't show you the, the details about the Lord, let me just go one step further. We're going to talk about the destruction of the city of Jerusalem here in Jeremiah again. Um, I'm going to go to verse 18. But if thou wilt go forth to the king of Babylon's princes, then shall this city be given into the hands of the Chaldeans. This is Jerusalem. They shall burn it with fire and shall not escape out of their hand. Now, giving you the dates of the Babylonian invasion, which we've covered. So, the temple was destroyed and the city was burned by the Babylonians in what was called Av 9, 586 BC. Av is the 11th month of the civil year of the fifth month of the ecclesiastical year on the Hebrew calendar. It's a name that comes from Ara Abu, which is the month of Abu. It, it, it originally uh, appears in the Babylonian calendar, but it also appeared in the Talmud in the 13th century. I'm just saying that because that's what they called the month at that time. It is one of several months which are not explicitly named in the Hebrew Bible, but it is recognized in world history. So, we, And we know that the, we can trace this date back to when the city was burned as Av 9, 586 B.C., so I'm bringing you back now to the 430 minus uh, the the uh, um, the 70 years that were paid, which brings us to 360 years, times the seven curse years, 2520, the same thing, 360 days a year. So it still brings you to 907,200 days. Still brings you to that. So history is able to record that Av 9th minus the 70 years of captivity brings you to August 16th, 517 B.C. Interesting date. Okay, so if I take August 16th, 517 B.C., 
and I add 907,200 days, that same equivalent, same math, everything's the same, what happens? Brings you to August 16th, I'm sorry, June 7th, 1967, which is the day that Israel recognizes and takes East Jerusalem. They have the entire city of Jerusalem in their hands for the first time since the burning down of the city of Jerusalem. So again, to the day, to the day that it's announced that that Israel has recaptured East Jerusalem, meaning they have the entire city. Here you see the images of the soldiers wailing at the Western Wall, crying, praying, recognizing you know what has come, the fulfillment of this prophecy. Um, and, and, and again, it just shows you the details, that God is in the details, that he marked these two days, May 14th, 1948. It was known thousands of years earlier that God had this in mind, that he tells the end from the beginning. This is who God is. And June 7th, 1967, he knew exactly what would happen. He, he specified the day thousands of years in advance. And sure enough, it came to pass just as Jesus uh, laid these things out, just as the math works out. It's just, it's the incredible details of God. And I just, I had to share this. It just, you know, it's just astounding. So let me just close with, you know, knowing these things. Because it says in Psalm 102.16, when the Lord shall build up Zion, he shall appear in his glory. He is building up Zion. He is building up the nation of Israel. The Hebrews have returned to, to the land. The, Israel is being restored. We, we've talked about the blessings. We talked about the Abrahamic covenant. This is all covered. We're seeing all of this uh, right before our eyes. Here, you know, here I sit speaking to you in early July of 2021. So now let me read what, what Jesus says in Matthew twenty four thirty two through 35. Now learn a parable of the fig tree. The fig tree is, it represents Israel. When his branch is yet tender and puts forth leaves, know that summer is nigh. So likewise ye, when you shall see these things, know that it is near even at the doors. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass to all of these things be fulfilled. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word shall not pass away. So let me just say this. It says in Psalms 2 that a generation is anywhere between 70 and 80 years. And I'm, I'm not going to get into the breakdown of that, but it's defined in the Old Testament that that's a generation. So if you take 1948 and let's add 80 years to it, that brings you to 2028 take away the seven years of tribulation, you're at 2021. So meaning that it could happen at any time. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying it could happen at any time. You Maybe we can tie that to the the uh, um, the completeness or the wholeness of the capture of, uh, of, of the nation of Israel because now you have all of Jerusalem. So let's say that's 1967 and you add uh, 80 years to that. That brings you to 2047. Take away seven years, it brings you to 2040. That's 19 years away. Again, I'm not, I, I, you know, the Lord's very clear. He says, you know, no one knows, the, you know, the dates, but we do know the seasons. And, and we can see these things around us. These things are happening before us. Uh, and, and, 
you know, I'm, I'm saying this to encourage you, but I'm also saying it to share this information with others, share this information for those who don't know the Lord, whether it's family, friends, co-workers, whoever you see, the time is getting close. And we don't want, you know, the, the word says, that, you know, that he, he doesn't want anyone to be without him. You know, the Lord is calling all to be, to come home to him. And, and, you know, we, you know, you can just imagine, I mean, I, I've, I've talked a lot about heaven and hell before and what scripture has to say. And the last thing anybody wants is to be without the Lord uh, once we leave this earth and once we leave our body. So I, the signs are there. I've, I've kind of laid out two pretty astounding math formulas. Those dates were written in, in heaven, you know, eons before. And it just goes to show the beauty, the joy, uh, the, the wonderment of the word of God. So hopefully you enjoyed this. I know I did. I, 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 get, I get a thrill out of the details that, that God brings to the table. Um, and, it's, and it's a thrill to know him. And if you don't, I strongly encourage you, please seek the Lord. Ask him, you know, Jesus, are you real? Are you out there? And, and I promise you, he will show himself to you uh, because we all have this desire to know who made us, what, our, what, what we're here for. Uh, you know, that, that everybody goes through that. Everybody has those questions. So I just encourage you to reach out to somebody, um, Christians, if you know them, uh, a church nearby that may, maybe can help steer you in the right direction. Uh, <clears throat> by all means, please shoot me an email, questions, comments, prayer requests, more than happy to russicoutlook at gmail.com. I want to thank you again for your time. God bless you. And I hope to see you on the next broadcast where you've been listening to the Russick Outlook. As always, just my opinion.